Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 17 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter. Good evening. <laughs> yes. Hello, Oscar uh, Nation. This is going to be our podcast on the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Uh, I know it's, getting, uh, it's starting to seem like the football gods are just uh, hell-bent on making Nebraska lose every game in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Kind of, kind of seems that way at this point. Well, or that our coaches don't know how to win. Well, that too. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. Um, so, for those of you who haven't been listening to us before, this is a college football thrown on a college football podcast by college football fans for college football fans. This father son duo, and uh, we're going to be talking specifically about our team, the Cornhuskers, and the Wisconsin matchup right now. And then after this, we're going to record a podcast on the more national uh, spread of what happened this week in college football. There were a couple couple big games that I'm definitely looking forward to talking about. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to do our customary tradition. I believe, Dad, you have the beverage this time. I do. I have the beverage of choice. And, uh, boy, I tell you, after last uh, yesterday's game, we, uh, we needed one of these. So... Here we go. Oh, there, there you go. it is. All right. Now, to start with some positives, um, because we did There was our, positives? There were positives, because remember, okay. we, did our, we did our predictions last week. Yes. Um, and so we both kind of did like a best case, worst case scenario kind of thing. Like if we, if we made the adjustments we were supposed to, you know, in terms of dedicating to the run game and if our defense played well versus if things didn't change and we struggled and blah 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 so under those two circumstances i said bad bad scenario we lose 28 7 to uh, wisconsin and uh then i said uh good scenario we lose to wisconsin but 17 14 and it's a hard-fought game then you said bad case scenario wisconsin kills us 42 to 14 good case scenario nebraska wins 17 14 um, so when you look at it from that perspective where we were as of, you know, last week, um, we played competitively with them, certainly. You know, we we were in it to win the game, you know, obviously. So we didn't get blown out like last year, you know, 60-whatever to 21, whatever the score was. So there are positives that can be, you know, brought from yeah, us. You're, you're right, and I, I'm being facetious, but... But it's just, uh, you're absolutely right. In fact, you can look at the collective of the season and say, you know, one of the things that was, of course, common among Nebraska conversation was, uh, you know, one of the criticisms of our, of our previous coaching staff was, you know, the, this occasional blowout uh, scenario that they would encounter. And we have been in every game. We haven't gotten blown out, you know, so... So the fact is we've been competitive. In fact, we've, we've, we've had the lead in every one of our four losses, you know, within the last couple of minutes of the game. And so in most cases, the last few seconds of the game. So, so, the, so the reality is, is that we are getting what we said we wanted from the standpoint that we're getting a team that's competitive against everyone we've played so far. So from that standpoint, you know, that you can glean from that that we are making progress. And I would also say that over the last two weeks, even with all the injuries and difficulties we've had on the defensive side of the ball, we have seen some areas of improvement within the overall defensive scheme, and we've continued to defend the run quite well. Yeah, well, I think that they were uh, the announcers on the game on 
uh, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, thank you. We're making a lot of note of that. They had like 500 yards of offense, you know, because last year they had their crazy good running back, and we just couldn't do anything against him. Whereas this time, for a good portion of the game, we have held them to like 65 rushing yards or something. That number kind of got pulled up a bit in the fourth quarter. But uh, overall, our defense, you know, played quite well against them, you know. And I feel like, honestly, my biggest issue with the defense was, you know, I mean, we still have issues, you know, in the areas we talked about before. But I think the biggest issue with the defense in this game was the offense because it's really hard for any defense, no matter how good you are, to, you know, keep a team from scoring on you, trying to shut them down, you know, when the offense is going three and out, three and out, and you're on the field way longer than you should be. You know, and that's why I think, you know, in the in a lot of our games this year, in the fourth quarter, our defense has struggled because they are getting played so much and they don't have, they're not quite there at the end of the game because they've been playing so much and then we let some big plays go. I, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, in this case, uh, the, the, the focus needs to be about why our offense is incapable of doing what should be some fairly basic and fundamental things given the talent that we have on offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said last week, I wasn't able to watch the Illinois game. So I kind of got to see what you were talking about in terms of um, uh, Tommy kind of struggling to throw the ball, especially when we were throwing into the wind, you know, he, uh, he made, he just made a lot of passes that were just off the mark, you know, like in the, I forget who's the second team we played this year. Um, South Alabama. South Alabama. In that game, he was throwing a bunch of great balls, and it was his receivers who were dropping them. This time, he was missing, and his receivers on occasion had to be the ones to make great catches even when the throws weren't great or just couldn't get to the throws at all because they weren't there. Right, right, exactly. And that's that's been Tommy's M.O. is that, uh, you know, I, I think the, the coaches need to understand what he's capable of and, and not capable of, and they haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because obviously our big uh, thing from last week was run the football, run the football. you got to commit to running the football. And I looked up at the um, stats for the game. Uh, in total, we had 37 rushes for 196 yards in the game and 28 passes for 129 yards. Uh, so when you look at that stat, we did rush it definitely more than we passed it, uh, but there were so many scenarios where it was third and four. We got into a lot of third and fours, and we almost always passed it. And we got it a number of the times, but at the same time, I want a, a Nebraska team to be able to run it on third and four and get it pretty consistently. You know, that's something I would expect of a Nebraska team. Right, and and, and, and our, our my argument goes further than that. and into the point of when you're playing football in Nebraska and half your games are going to be in the state, in at the stadium there in Lincoln, you can count on the fact that about half of those games are going to be in weather conditions that are less than ideal for passing the football. They're going to be rainy. They're going to be windy almost certainly, gusty windy, and very cold probably as well at least once. And, and so those are all things that make it less desirable to throw the football. Mm-hmm. And so so you just have to understand that fundamentally at the core of your offensive system, you must have a, a, a 
a successful and, and varied offensive rushing attack, complemented by a good passing attack. Right now, we have a guy who's trying to implement, it appears, uh, a West Coast-based system with a little bit of this zone read because we happen to have a quarterback right now who has that strength. But our running game has no continuity or cohesion to it. It doesn't seem like they really know what they want to do. And when they should be lining up with him under center in an eye formation with a fullback and an eye back, and let's run some uh, some basic counter plays uh, and have a whole uh, a dive series, a power series, you know, a quarterback keep series. You know, I mean, we should have some basic plays. Any good to above average uh, high school football team has those series in their playbook. Why can't we? You can also have all the West Coast offense stuff you want and all the you know various pass route combinations that you want, but you need to have that rushing series and you need to commit yourself to practicing it during the week and in preseason and all over since last uh, spring, they should have been implementing things that put them in a position to have that. And they didn't. It's mm-hmm. obvious that they didn't. Right. So now our, our, our run game consists primarily of zone reads and occasionally uh, a counter um, uh, here and there uh, or a quarterback keep. Um, and we just need to have more sophistication than that. And, the, and that, that, that zip uh, sweep or whatever, the um, uh, you know, where they have the wide receiver coming along the side, it's, it's, not, it's not getting it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I just thought of another one other positive of the game we can talk about because, like you said, wind was definitely a factor in the game, and there uh, they had some issues on special teams with like missed field goals and uh, punts that were going you know yeah. twenty yards because they were going way up into the wind. Whereas uh, Sam Fultz did a good job on a, the vast majority of his punts and made some field goals for us. Uh, so right, gotta true. be happy on that regard. Absolutely, that's true. Um, uh, yep. I mean, uh, like we were talking, Alex, uh, before the game, you know, we needed to see certain things. We saw a lot of the things we thought we needed to see, except for one problem. We were more committed to the run. We did devote more of our plays to the running game. But again, when, when it counted, when it was needed, they ran a simpleton series of running plays, three in a row, uh, and ran off basically about 20 seconds in three plays. Uh, well, when we need to secure basically one first down, force them to, to take their timeouts, and then we would have been good to go. Right. Well, in the in this is in this case, the time management wasn't the issue because Riley actually did a good job. He was using up our timeouts while they were um, getting yep. ready for their field goal. You know, so we would have time left when we got the ball, which was good. You know, and we knew that they were going to use up their timeouts while we were running, so that's why it only used up know 20 seconds or whatever so that's not the problem with it my issue is just that you know fundamentally you can talk about all the other issues with the rest of the game uh but basically we got a lucky break in that their field goal kicker missed that like 35 yard field goal and we had the opportunity to win the game if we just go three downs run it make it so they use up their timeouts and get a first down one that one first down right there and we win the game it's as simple as that and we ran three running plays without much creativity that didn't have any like explosiveness to them, didn't catch them off guard in any way. And we were able to give the ball back to them and they, you know, threw it over our heads just like they'd done on the last series and gotten to 
position where they are field goal kicker who's shown earlier in the game that he was capable of making 40-ish yard field goals. Made Especially good, with the wind at his back. Yep. Right. Made a good field goal. And yep. that was the game. And I could, as soon as we didn't get it, I knew that was going to happen. And God, yep. it did. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's, it's exactly right. And so it, it gets back to the fundamentals of our, uh, I really believe that these losses are, are certainly on the individual execution of the players. I mean, the players have to execute. Uh, but uh, I'm going to put a great deal of burden on the coaches with this, too. These coaches have got to do a better job of putting our guys in a position to succeed and to give them a scheme that gives them a reasonable chance against a reasonable defense. Wisconsin's defense showed itself you know, throughout the course of the game to be a good defense, but not an exceptional defense. We moved the ball against them. We had success against them at various points in the game. Uh, but then we, we allowed them to basically pigeonhole us into this throwing game uh, in the second half. And Tommy was like, when, when Tommy starts the second half, one, and 11, one of 11, you know, stop throwing it. Start figuring out some creative ways to, to get, uh, get Tommy on some uh, options uh, for your short passing game, to replace your short passing game. Um, stop doing the, the screens because he's having trouble throwing a basic screen for whatever reason. You get away from that. You do these, you know, zip uh, uh, sweeps that they've got, uh, uh, and you do some things like that. And you try to you try to just get first downs. Just get first downs. That's mm-hmm. all you got to do. The touchdowns will take care of themselves if you get the first downs. Yeah. Well, another he didn't do that. Another stat thing. I believe we had like we had 13 first downs. They had 26. Because a lot yep. of our we had some big plays that got helped us get into the, you know those touchdown positions. Um, so we we weren't that great in terms of like consistently getting drives going. That and, was a big issue. I didn't look, uh, Alex. So I'd have to pull that stat sheet up. Maybe you still have it in front of you. But uh, but what were they on third down? Because they had to uh, have been exceptional on third down. Them exceptional on third down? Not really. Yeah. Nope. No. We were uh, we were eight of eighteen on third down. They were five of sixteen. So. Hmm. Okay. And that. Well, it seemed like they were converting an awful lot. You know, yeah. of of long yardage situations where they would just get the first down. And then we would have plays where we would run uh, on these third and fives or third and sixes, and our and our tight ends run a route uh, on a third and six, and he'd run a route uh, that was four yards. And then he'd catch the ball and get tackled immediately and be a yard and a half short. You know, you, you've got to know where the sticks are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's, that goes to show, I mean – once again, I, I'm mad that our defense, you know, once again kind of fell apart a bit in the fourth quarter and we're giving up these big plays, but for the majority of the game, they played quite well. You know, I definitely saw some improvement in terms of our secondary. You know, there were guys making plays, you know, batting yep. balls out of the air, you know, doing good coverage because yep. because our run defense was doing very well against them and so we were forcing them to throw it over top of us, you know, and for a while there, we were doing a pretty good job of stopping them there too. It was just... Once again, if our offense had been able to get, get keep the defense on the bench, you know, let them rest a bit, you know, and get some momentum going, I you, think you would have you would have seen that defensive collapse so much in the fourth quarter. Absolutely, you have to get first downs, and you have to do it to some degree running the football. And if your guy who you've got at quarterback is throwing the ball poorly, like like Tommy was. He was, he was unable to hit basic screen passes, 
He was throwing behind guys. He was throwing. He was just not. He was not doing a good job with the pass. I can't. I will. I will give them this though. At the beginning of, at least in the beginning of the third quarter, um, I'm. I would. I wouldn't be super upset that you know Tommy was throwing it because just in the second quarter, you know, right before halftime, he kind of had a switch turned on or something, and he was you know connecting and made that terrific, terrific pass that Alonzo catched, you know, to end the first half. So there, there was kind of some signs that maybe a gear had clicked in his head, but then. As you go one or two drives in the third quarter, and you see that gear isn't clicking. That's when you really need to realize that and back switch. off. Yeah. yeah, you got you got to back off as an offensive coordinator and go to other series of plays and try to establish the run and just get a first down. You just it's nothing. It's not about oh I want to score or I want to throw it deep or any of that crap. It's about I want to get a first down. I want to secure a first down. And you call simple plays, roll him out, which he's pretty good at, and you let him get a six-yard completion. And then you let him run the football and you get a first down and you just do the simple things. Just Mm -hmm. get a damn first down. Yeah, because there were several times in the game where it would be third and long and the pass broke down because it was covered well and Tommy ran it for a first down. You know, that Mm -hmm. his biggest uh, asset as a quarterback is that he's good at scrambling. You know, I remember there was one time. I don't mind. I don't mind Alex them calling a pass play. That's not my point. I'm not saying you don't do that. I'm saying it's the type of pass plays. It's the type of running plays. It's overall their offensive scheme is just not at all a fit. Uh, collectively, they have the plays that work. That's not what I'm saying. We, our guys are practicing plays that will work. But we're trying to do a bunch of stuff over and over and over again that are the core of this West Coast thing that they're trying to accomplish, but they are not the core of what we're good at. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. screen. Yeah, and I wasn't, I, sorry, I wasn't trying to say that, like, uh, you know, they should do that because Tommy is good at scrambling or whatever, because he's good at that. But then, you know, as he scrambles, sometimes he throws passes off his back leg and, you know, that are really dangerous and stuff. Uh, But just my point is that, you know, Tommy's biggest strength is his legs, you know. And so to take more advantage of that, I think, would be a good idea. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, One other little thing I want to talk about the game and then we can move on. But you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, The ref, you know, we had a lot of penalties in this game again, which is still a huge issue. Um, but there were some that even the announcers were kind of calling out as questionable. And yeah. there was the time when uh, when Riley uh, got a little mad at the ref and right, got, tossed, the foul got the personal foul out. against him and the stadium was booing him to crap. And then they ran the exact same play the next, uh, next down and then the pass interference got called. And we right. were just talking about how that was like a, a good version of how you uh, deal with the refs in that sort of situation versus the way Bo would have handled that situation. Right. Absolutely. No, I I think everything about that was fine. And and we did get a few calls that that were a little ticky-tacky against us that I thought were questionable. Uh, But but again, we still had, you know, illegal procedure penalties, uh, you know, not not being lined up properly, uh, a Mm -hmm. defensive lineman, you know, in the in the in the neutral zone uh, again on a critical play on a critical down. Um, yeah, I remember you uh, mentioning Malik, Malik Collins. Uh, you know, got an offsides, and he didn't he didn't fire off early, so he must have been lined up offsides. 
because he, he did not leave uh, before the snap of the ball. I mean, when they ran the replay, he did not move until the snap of the ball. Yeah. He wasn't across the line of scrimmage per se at that moment in time because he jumped early. He was offsides because he was lined up offsides. Right. I remember that that great play with Tommy running it with the two lead blockers in front of him, which got called back because it turned out like one of the guards was like a little bit too, too far, far back. back. Right. Yeah. And that's a that's a horrible example because obviously that that player knew that he had to pull, and 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 the, and he tried to cheat by being a little further back, so it was less likely that you're going to tangle your legs and get tripped up by the center, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you, you can't do that. You you need to be able, you need to be able to have your scheme work without cheating like that. Because frankly, when you cheat like that, uh, the defense picks up on it. Number one, they'll they'll see that. And that will that will decrease the effectiveness of that play the next time you run it because now you got it on film uh, and people start watching for it. And number two, you get these kind of penalties. So again, that's 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 coaching discipline. That the, the, that's on the, the uh, offensive line coach. That should never ever ever happen. Never. Mm-hmm. All right. So kind of talking about where where we stand right now in terms of what our future goals are because you know at the beginning of the in the summer we were talking about how we wanted to our goal was that we weren't like a team that was going to be competing for national championships or anything like that but that we wanted to be in the competition for like the big 10 west and hopefully win that and be able to go to the big 10 championship game even if we lose that game at this point Uh, that 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 goal is very unlikely right we would need we would need Wisconsin to lose uh, two more times, and we would need Iowa to lose once and then us to beat Iowa. We're going to need Northwestern to lose once, and then we're going to have to beat Northwestern, and same with Minnesota. So we, we still have all those guys in front of us, and I'm going to presume that Illinois is not going to be in that mix. Now, uh, you know, on the good side of things, you know, Illinois went to Iowa and basically could have very well won that football game against Iowa just like they did us. Miami too. They were in it to the end. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so the reality is, is that um, you know Illinois is clearly a little better than maybe people perceive them to be uh, earlier in the year, and they, they they comported themselves well against Iowa, who at this point uh, would look, given their uh, non-conference schedule, is pretty easy going forward. You know, Wisconsin's is ridiculously easy. So the likelihood that Wisconsin is going to lose two more times before the end of the season is very, very small. And so uh, I would say that if we end up turning this thing around and say we ended up getting to, say, 7-5, and five, you know, losing to Michigan State but winning all the rest of our games, uh, if we get to 7-5, and five, we still won't win the division because Wisconsin will beat us. Uh, even if we in, both end up at 5-3 and three in the conference, and they um, would win the head-to-head. They would win because of the head-to-head. Yeah, uh, we need we need uh, we need Wisconsin to just collapse. Right. Uh, well, otherwise, they're going to beat us. Right. But I I think at this point, you know, Nebraska fans should kind of accept the fact that ninety nine ninety five percent chance, you know, that's not happening. We're not going right. to the Big Ten uh, championship game this year. Right. And but I also would say, you know, you look at our record. We're two and four. Definitely, definitely gives you a sobering feeling. But when you, like we said, you know, we've been competitive against every single team we've played. You know, we should have won a lot of those games. And a lot of those games, we were the better team. 
you know, or at least a team that was on an equal level to the team we played. We weren't like so bad that we were getting, we were clearly the lesser team, you know? So all of those things would suggest that like, we are, we aren't a terrible football team. We're just, like you say, we just can't pull it out. We just can't clinch a victory, you know? And so we're missing that little step, the little, if that little step goes our way, we're 5-0 and right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're close. We're close, yeah. but we're just not there. Right. Well, and so now, so you ask, what what is realistic? And I would say at this point, um, you know, if we could go, if we, we've got six games left, if we could go four and two in these six games, winning four of the next six, uh, then we would maybe have enough positive momentum to do two things to give people optimism that we're, we're, we turned a corner of some kind and that uh, going into the off season, there's something positive to talk about. And, and, and number two, if you get the six wins, we would have the opportunity to, uh, to, to go to uh, some lesser bowl game, potentially uh, win that bowl game um, uh, because we would be playing a lesser opponent and, um, and, then, and then end up seven and six, uh, have a winning season, and and build on that and that positiveness for both recruiting and looking at next year. If you look at our team, we probably are going to have 17 to 19 returning starters next year. If you look at the roster and, and who's starting right now, and frankly, uh, from an offensive line standpoint, I think that some of uh, the guys that are behind our starters right now, who are seniors, are likely to have a higher ceiling and be better players a year from now than what we've got playing right now. So, so for all of those reasons, I can look to that future and say, you know what, we're going to be all right next year. We're going to be a better football team. Now our schedule gets tougher. And so our record, uh, won't necessarily, uh, be obviously easier, you know, uh, but, but, uh, if we get to six and six, that would be something to, to, to kind of hold your hat on. Yeah. So that would be my opinion would be let's, let's just win the next game. Let's beat Minnesota to stem this negative tide and start building towards the, the potential of getting to a bowl game and then, um, and then maybe winning that bowl game and feeling good about the season and that you actually turn the thing around. Yeah. And so, okay, now we've got it going, you know. Yeah, well, because kind of... I was texting you, I remember, as, I think as the Wisconsin game was going earlier on, and you were kind of saying, like, we, we have to win this game or we're looking ahead to 2016. And right. I wanted to cut off that kind of mindset because if, if the, either the fans or the team gets in that mindset, like, we're screwed, then we it's going to be tough for us to win many more football games at all. Um, so that's why I agree with you. We have to kind of adjust our expectations and say we got to make our goal, you know, getting to a bowl game. And like you say, if we could win that bowl game, 7-6, and six, you know, certainly not the year we wanted, but given everything that's happened – we would have to look at that as a, as a victory given where we are now, if we're able to turn that around, like you say, you know, I think that would give us positive momentum going into the end of the year. Right. Exactly. And, and it's just one of those things where, you know, um, you, you have to acknowledge the elephant in the room and kind of go from there. Yeah. So. And I actually saw, you probably saw this too. I guess there was, um, we had a recruit visiting us recently and his his dad is like a former like NFL player or something of some prominence and he was talking about like how he thinks that Nebraska fans need to kind of chill out and you know give Riley 
his time, you know, to get his right. system in place. Right. And, 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 and that's, a, that's a legitimate message. Uh, we do need to do that. Uh, the, the issue is, again, uh, from, from a Nebraska standpoint and, and why I think Nebraska fans tend to be so vocal is they have been to the top of the mountain. They've been to the mountaintop, and they know what championship football looks like. And once you've been there and you know what that looks like and you know what it takes, uh, then you know it when you see it. And there's a particular um, way that we have found, uh, and Nebraska fans have an experience of upwards of 50 years where that system and that approach worked very effectively. So it's really hard to convince a Nebraska fan that, you know, changing to something radically different in how you approach offensive or defensive football is going to work better than that way, especially when the results clearly show that these other methods haven't worked. Right. Well, at the same time, though, I mean, you could go into a whole debate about how football has changed so dramatically just in general, both in terms of like the outward things like recruiting and everything else, as well as the rule changes, as well as just the complexity of the schemes and new philosophies and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, you could certainly build an argument that, you know, uh, that if we were running that same kind of football we were in the 90s, you know, championship run, would we be as successful with that now as we were then? You know, maybe, but, maybe not. And But I'm not necessarily saying, oh, go back to exactly what they were doing then. But if you look around, Alex, and you look at the teams that, that are, are playing uh, just outstanding football right now um, and the ones that I would put the, my money most likely on to win the championship, it would continue to be Ohio State, Alabama, uh, uh, Michigan State, you know, um, and uh, teams of that, of that sort. Okay, not the Oregons, not the Baylors or the TCUs that, that throw the ball all over the place but teams that fundamentally run the football and play sound, tough, hard-nosed defense. Those are the teams that win championships. And that's the part that I'm getting at. All right. And so talking about our upcoming game, Minnesota, um, at at Minnesota, so it's going to be another away game for us, which is going to make it uh, tougher. I think I'm kind of going this with a similar thought as I did to the Wisconsin game. Like I think if we come there and play – to our potential, you know, what I know our team is capable of doing. I think we can certainly beat this Minnesota team. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, but if we continue to have the same mistakes that we have shown in the past, it's I could see a very similar situation playing out where we play competitively with them, but then it goes away from us in the fourth quarter, you know? Right, right. Well, and, and, that, and, and one of the things is from a matchup standpoint – you know, uh, Minnesota had uh, you know scored a considerable number of points this past weekend, but up until then had had really kind of struggled offensively. And I don't know that I would look at them and say they are you know a prolific offense. So uh, particularly uh, passing wise, so you know we have had some pretty good success stopping running teams, and uh, um, and this team is probably one of the less effective passing teams that we've played so far. So that should lend itself to a pretty decent defensive performance for us. And so then it becomes a question of they have a great uh, defense themselves, particularly their secondary. And so um, I would expect it's going to be very difficult for us to move the football against them because our running game has obviously been very uh, erratic and inconsistent. 
and uh, and I believe it's going to be very difficult for us to to um, pass the football against them. So I would look for this to be a, a relatively low-scoring game this coming week, uh, and it's all going to be about turnovers. Does Tommy throw you know three picks like he has the last couple of years against this team, you know that have led to losses, or do we uh, do we get a decent you know, uh, kind of contained or controlled performance from him, where we where we give him simple reads, don't ask him to do too much, and and then try to establish a running game. Because if we can do those things, then I think we still probably have collectively a better set of athletes than they do, and we might very well be able to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm gonna in terms of my score prediction, I'm gonna kind of go with what I was talking about last week. I think if 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 we play, you know, if we were able to make some adjustments, like you say, simplifying the passing game and trying to give our run running uh, schemes a little bit more dynamicness, uh, we win the game like 17-14. Like it's going to be a low-scoring game, like you say, defensive, really focused game. But I certainly think we are capable of beating Minnesota. Right. Well, and and I I'm going to. Uh be the negative Nelly here and say that I think that, uh, you know, the history here has been Minnesota is a team that doesn't make mistakes. They just don't. And they haven't since Jerry Kill became the coach there. Um, and so uh, I would expect to see that same kind of performance from Minnesota again this this coming week where they're not going to throw interceptions. They're not going to fumble it. Um, and so it's going to be very difficult for us to have those, you know, momentum shifting kinds of defensive plays um so it's about whether we hold on to the football and you know can can minimize our turnover turnovers and mistakes like penalties i have no data that would lead me to believe that we're going to do that and and you just know a jerry kill team is not going to beat themselves and so we're going to beat ourselves more and we're going to lose because of that that would be my prediction now what is the scenario where we win the scenario where we win is is that we we run a simplified passing scheme. Uh, we're able to get our athletes in space a little bit, and some guys go out and make plays. Westerkamp, and now that DeMornay Pearsonell is back, and uh, you know the emergence of Stanley Morgan and Alonzo uh, Moore. I mean, we've got a wide receiver core that's pretty darn dynamic. We just got to get the ball in their hands, and Tommy hasn't been able to do that. I think we got to get him out of the pocket. I think we have to roll him left and right and get him uh, to deliver that ball where he has one or two choices, A, B, or throw it out of bounds, or tuck it and run. You know, I mean, that's 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 where he has to be. Don't put him back in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Right, but then that gets into the whole thing of, like, if he's on the run, then does he, you know, is it, are his passing mechanics going to be as tight, you know, because that's Actually, where Actually, I, w- I would say that he's pretty good on the run, uh, throwing the football, uh, you know, on a designed run, a designed rollout left or right. He's shown himself to be good in both of those situations where he has a problem is when he's sitting in the pocket and he is backpedaling and he throws it off his back foot or he is fading out of a pocket to the right and he flings it you know like almost sidearm because it wasn't a designed rollout when it's a designed rollout i think he's quite good mm-hmm. yeah that's true so what what would you, why don't you since you phrased it that way why don't you give us two scores one where the one you think is going to happen versus the one where we win. Well, I think they're going to end up beating us like uh, probably 28 to 10 because we're going to make a couple of uh, turnovers that are going to lead to easy scores for them, and then they're going to score a couple times. 
So that's their 28 points. And I think because of those lost offensive series, because of the turnovers and our inability to put together an offensive scheme uh, that, that they've demonstrated through the first six games, I believe, um, you know, we score 10. Now, if we instead actually change our dynamic and, and, and simplify our scheme into the things that Tommy does well and then uh, diversify our running game and use more of our counters and things of that nature, then I, I could see us using our athleticism and, and beating them by a score of like 28 to 21, something like that. Mm-hmm. All righty then. Well, we'll see which way it turns. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I'll tell you, this is, this, uh, it'll be interesting, Alex, as we, as we move along this season, we may have to shift our, our, our conversation and our subjects or topics a little bit uh, because it will become more and more of a thing where we're going to have to start looking at damage control, you know, what, what's the impact on the recruiting class, and what can we do um, as a program to, to position ourselves for improvement uh, in the coming years. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Well, we we got to hope that this because uh, I remember when I was looking at our schedule, this kind of section of games here in the middle of our season. West, we have Wisconsin, we have Minnesota, we have Northwestern, and then I think it's Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, yep. that's a that's a tough rung. That some of the better teams in the conference that we play against. Um, yep. So I really think it, it would be important for us to find ways to win against Minnesota and Northwestern to get some of that positive momentum going into the Michigan State game because by all likelihood that is going to be a loss, possibly a big one. Um, so I think it, we, it would really, really be important for us to get some positive momentum before that game because if we I, if we lose to Minnesota, we lose Northwestern, and we go out there and get killed by Michigan State, I, the, the morale in the land of the Huskers is going to be low, and that's going to be tough. Right. I, I agree with you. I think we, if we win these two next two games and, and we're able to get back to 500 within our conference uh, schedule and maybe we get lucky and, you know, uh, Wisconsin stubs their toe somewhere, uh, I, I believe we'll still have a chance for Iowa to, to lose a couple of games here and, uh, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe Northwestern knocks off Iowa, for example, or something. And then, and then it would be an, an issue of, of – um, you know, Nebraska, um, of being able to basically, uh, you know, still have the head to head against those remaining teams and, and put yourself in a position where all we need is for somebody to take Wisconsin out one more time, you know? Right. Alrighty then. Well, this was a good podcast, good discussion we had, and, uh, yeah. we'll be doing another one obviously next week after the Minnesota game. Um, so if you all that out there enjoy this podcast, you can email us at huskerpeat13 at gmail.com. You can find us at footballthrowdown.podomatic.com. Also on iTunes under College Football Throwdown. You can leave us uh, ratings and reviews there. We like to hear back from you guys, comments on the Podomatic website. So thank you out there for listening, Husker Nation. And go Big Red. Go Big Red. <laughs>